0: The views and opinions expressed in the Hide and Seek podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, positions, or opinions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us, as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Sweet dreams are made of it 24-hour news aide's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother
2: about what may have happened to her daughter.
3: I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I
2: felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fuck. They're pretty freaking gruesome.
4: I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything.
2: I told him, I said, I'll
3: kill all them motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it.
2: I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't
5: believe anything happened to where I think she she's love. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, we heard from Daniel, better known as Cage. If you recall... There was supposedly a post appearing on Cage's Facebook page asking if anyone was available to pick him up from the airport, should he decide to fly in. This was posted at 5.30pm on November 30th, the night Britney disappears. No one has ever come forward to say they picked up Cage at the airport. So, was Cage actually in Florida? Or did he fly in? We're still working on fact checking this and Sarah will get back to us soon. When I spoke to Cage, he gave us some insight into the relationship dynamics between himself, Brittany, Sheldon, Eric, and Ashley. He recalls Ashley and Brittany meeting sometime in late summer or early fall of 2018. This timeline seems to differ from what I understood after speaking to Ashley. Another interesting dynamic Cage brings up is the relationship between Ashley and Eric. He
3: was just worried about himself and then she was Eric for a while too and then eventually her and her started
5: fucking Cage also confirms for us that Ashley was one of Britney's suppliers this would make sense as to why Bowman and Sheldon go by Ashley's when they're looking for Britney we hear a few new names introduced by Cage he strongly suspects a man named Chester a guy he worked with of being involved in Britney's disappearance why does Cage feel this way? In my opinion, this sounds more like a jealousy issue than anything else. If Cage has reservations about him though, I'll look into it. As for Valerie and Kimmy, let's recap the claims Cage made about them. Cage claims that Valerie and Ashley destroy Britney's Facebook, and that Valerie has Britney's cell phone, laptop, and debit card. He mentions a transaction made shortly after Britney went missing. This transaction? Cage says, was made with Britney's debit card at the Marathon gas station. This gas station is in very close proximity to the Walmart, the same Walmart Ashley says she met Britney at on November 27th. She leaves. This is the 27th.
0: Yes, the morning. First thing she says when she gets there though, because this is the important part. As soon as she walks in my room, she says, don't tell Eric I'm here.
5: I said, this is the first thing she says to you on yep. the 27th in the morning when she gets there.
0: I said, okay, whatever. Your business, your business. She came over and left before noon. Eric came over sometime, probably like three-ish or something. Early afternoon. And that then... was the last time you saw her Nope. Know. It was later that night.
5: When I asked Cage if he thought Valerie or Kim would be willing to talk, he had an immediate strong reaction. Yeah, definitely not. At the end of last week's episode, I told you I was going to reach out to both women. What I didn't tell you was that one of them had already messaged me. I figured this out when I was attempting to message her. (laughs) Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's
1: going.
5: This is Valerie, the woman that Cage claims has Brittany's cell phone and debit card. Appreciate you jumping on the phone. I I know you just woke up. I kind of just wanted to answer those questions that you had asked, and obviously your your name being brought up, somebody who I wanted to speak with, and I'm actually going to be in your guys' area this next week. Okay. Like I said, I wanted to address some of those concerns that you had. Yep. Did
1: Jeff send you everything that I sent her last week? I didn't send her everything. I won't send everybody. I won't send her everything. Just for the fact of the matter being, her and Ashley, I, you can't trust any one of them. It's simple. You can't. One day they're your friend, next day they hate you. I'm willing to give you all. If you're serious about the case, I'm willing to give you everything that I have. Okay. I will tell you there is an officer that also obtains all the information that I have. Everything. I I can tell you I think she's still so alive.
5: Do you think she's still so alive?
1: I honestly do. And the reason why? I have her Facebook.
5: You have access to her Facebook account?
1: I have access to everything on her Facebook.
5: Is that before Ashley or after Ashley?
1: This is the Facebook she originally used.
5: Can you send
1: me... It used to be Brittany um, Keltner. Ashley was pissed. I will not give her this information.
5: I'm taking everything Cage says with a grain of salt. But this isn't the first time I've heard Kimmy's name. So I'm curious. I send Kimmy a message requesting that we meet. Uh, This message is for Kimmy. My name is James Basinger. I'm a podcaster from Hide and Seek. I'd like to speak with you about the Brittany Wallace-Shank case. If you can give me a call back. I'll be heading back to Michigan. Hopefully we can set up a time that we can meet to speak about. Cage goes 0 for 2.
3: Um, yeah, let me know when uh, you get into town and
5: we can meet up and we can talk. We're headed back to Michigan, but we still have a lot to unpack from our first trip. But I have questions for Valerie and Kimmy that I want to ask in person. In the last episode, you heard me mention that Ashley sent me a download of Kimmy's Facebook account. That included private images. Ashley did this when she shared a download of one of Brittany's Facebook accounts. The account download she shared with me was the most recently active account Brittany had. And like Brittany, this account has also vanished. How could this happen? If Brittany disappeared in November of 2018 and Ashley was able to download her account information in July of 2019, how could it just disappear? Let that sit with you for a moment. The account is gone. We're going to take a deep dive into this very soon. I don't know if you remember, I would stopped by and we had talked briefly about wanting to do an interview. Yeah. And now works for you?
2: Sure, that's all right. I'm just sitting here anyway. I had surgery yesterday, so. Oh my
5: goodness, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. If, if at any point in time you need a pause, you wanna, you wanna take a break, we can. This is Vicki, Brittany's grandmother. Last time I mentioned Vicki, I was in Michigan with Ashley. She arranged a meeting with grandma for me. During that brief meeting, it was clear to me that this was a very emotional topic for Grandma and Grandpa. You see, Grandpa, he really wasn't on board, so Vicki and I agreed that we would discuss Brittany at a later time. Here's Ashley's reaction after our meeting with Vicki and Russ. They really fucked me up at
0: Grandma's tonight. Cause that's yeah. the first time Russ has ever talked. Yeah. So, and then this the whole area, And the
5: guy. Yeah. Growing up, I know that Britt had some relationships with a few different men. And some of those relationships, I want to ask you if you remember anything about them or anything stick out to you specifically or if they ever stayed at your house. The first one I want to talk to you about is Eric Shane. Had you met him before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and had he stayed out at your house before?
2: Yep. Of course, him and Brittany were married then when they stayed out here.
5: What about Sheldon?
2: Sheldon stayed out here a couple of times, a couple of nights. And I always trusted him. I always liked Sheldon. But I did find out after the fact because we kept telling the police that it was not Sheldon out here that night. Well, it was.
5: Let's talk about that. I mean, what makes you feel so confident that it was Sheldon that was out there?
2: I ran into him, oh, it's been about nine months ago, maybe. And it was Sheldon that was out here. And she had Sheldon's car and that's what they left in. And I don't think he would have let her have his car. Why he didn't take it, I think, was to make an alibi for himself. That car would have driven right out of where it was at.
5: And you said this was about nine months ago. You saw Sheldon. Yeah. Where did you see him at?
2: He was at a gas station
5: uptown. Had you seen him before? I mean, he'd stayed at the house, right?
2: Yeah, he's been here. He'd been here before, but he'd lost like sixty pounds from the last time I'd seen him till November. I don't and I don't know. The, I guess what really clinched it for me is when I went to that medium and I asked Brittany who was out here. And she said that it was Sheldon.
5: Clearly, Grandma has a strong opinion about Sheldon. She forms her opinion about him after visiting a medium. During her time with the medium, Grandma asked who was with her the night she disappeared. Grandma says Sheldon's name is brought up. This convinces her that Sheldon was the one with Brittany at her home on November 30th. Grandma says Sheldon had stayed at her home with Brittany a couple of times previous, but is certain that he had lost 60 pounds between the last time she saw him and November 30th. In all of her research, neither Sarah nor I have ever seen Sheldon's weight significantly fluctuate, and we've never seen his hair change color. Is it possible? Perhaps, but is it plausible? I certainly don't want to diminish the experience grandma had with the medium. I understand it affected her deeply. However, what we need is evidence. Let's actually go up into the day on the 30th of November. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a Friday. Here's what I have so far, and then I'm going to see if you can fill in the gaps and kind of lead me down from what your perspective and what you remember from that night. So I've talked to Scott, I've talked to the two boys. I know that Scott went to go pick up the boys, it was his weekend, and that they usually would meet at a Pizza Hut. I believe Scott would pick the boys up and then came back to your guys' place. Yeah. What I've gathered from them is that the car was in the driveway when they arrived. It was, yeah. What time did Brittany arrive to your house on Friday?
2: That I'm not sure. I think about 7.30. But I'm not completely positive. But I think it was about 7.30 in the
5: evening. So 7.30 would have been definitely dark by then. That's by the time Scott's picked up the boys. They're back at the house. And they're walking inside. And and, and again, the car is already there. So that tells me that Brittany's already there. When Brittany's there, have you seen this gentleman inside the house at all?
2: Yeah, he came in.
5: Before Scott and the boys got there, he had already came into the house? Yep. What does he do?
2: They sat in the living room and they just kept quarreling and fighting back and forth. And then they'd go outside for a few minutes and then they'd come back in and they were still fighting and carrying on.
5: Do you know what they were fighting about? No. What, when you say they were fighting, what leads you to believe that? Was it the volumes? Was it the way that they were
2: speaking? They were, yeah, they were screaming at each other and, and hollering about something and what, I don't know. He kept wanting to go and leave and go and leave. And she was trying to do her laundry. And she'd gotten it washed and had just thrown it in the dryer. And he finally made her take it out of the dryer wet. And put it in the car and they left.
5: When they came over, you said that they were in the living room. Are you talking about the sunroom or? No. The living room? In the and, other, and, yeah. Okay, so go past the computer room into the living room yeah. back there. Yep. Yeah. When they arrive, he's obviously walking inside with her. Where are you? Because I know that it's commonly known that you sit at that table.
2: That's where I was.
5: <laughs> okay, so when she comes in for the first time, does she introduce him at all to you? Does she acknowledge you? Does she say, hey, Grandma? Or,
2: Oh, she talked to me, yeah, but she didn't introduce him, no. That's, and that's another reason that I'm almost positive it was Sheldon.
5: And where, where was he at when she was talking with you?
2: She just come in and said hi and went out to start her laundry, and he went into, into the living room.
5: Was there a level of confidence of him when you, from if you could think back, of him where he knew exactly where to go, or did she take him back to the living room first?
2: No, I think he knew where to go, that's another reason that I think it was him, because he knew right where to go, and that, when she was here, normally, that's where she slept. I mean, that was her area, and Scott's area was upstairs, and <laughs> mine's the sunroom in the kitchen area.
5: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> He goes into, the, into that living room. She's doing yeah. her laundry. And then you said that there was a point in time where they would, like, go outside, and then they came back inside. Do you know where they were going when they went outside? Just
2: around out there by his car.
5: He wants to leave, but you don't know. Do you know the reason why, or did you hear anything? No. And he walks, obviously, to get to the back bedroom or to the, to the living room in the back, he has to actually walk past you. Yeah. Did you make eye contact with this guy at at all? Did you guys ever acknowledge each other? Did you We
2: didn't acknowledge each other, no, but I did look at him.
5: Describe what you saw. I mean white male, black male, brown male.
2: He's white. And another thing that I thought it wasn't Sheldon, he had his hair all bleached out blonde except a little bit in the back. And Sheldon was redheaded.
5: Describe his build. What was his statue?
2: He was always medium build. He used to be quite chubby. Well, I'm talking about... Fairly fairly chubby, but the guy that was here was thin. But like I said, he lost nearly 60 pounds because Brittany brought a bunch of his clothes out here and burnt them because they wouldn't fit him anymore. And I had not seen him from the time that he was so chubby till he lost the weight. I had not seen Sheldon.
5: This guy who you see... It, what's he wearing? Oh,
2: the jacket was kind of like a jogging jacket. Well, I guess the pants were too. Almost like a jogging suit, and it was that silky material, and it was yellow.
5: The whole outfit was yellow. Yeah. <laughs> like a bright yellow, or like a mustard, like 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 a like a Carhartt yellow.
2: No, kind of like a bright yellow. A real pretty yellow, but did, it was yellow.
5: Did it have any design, like logos or uh, name brand logos? Not
2: that I, not that I noticed. No.
5: Huh. So you, you see yellow when yep. you when you think back.
2: Okay. It's yellow, and it was had a black stripe up each arm and going down the pants, a black stripe.
5: And the pants are also yellow. In the the material, you think is what again?
2: It's that silky stuff like an like an outside jacket would be to cut wind or
5: Oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
2: And that's what it was.
5: Did he have a hood on, or beanie on? Did he have a hat on, nothing on? No. No. What kind of hairstyle? You said it was blonde, like dyed, like hair dye, like bleach yeah, blonde. Yeah, you or? could
2: you could tell that he bleached it because the back back part was dark or Probably red if it was Sheldon, and I just didn't notice. The short. front and the sideburns were blonde.
5: The hairstyle, is it long, short?
2: Shorter. I mean, it's not. wasn't it real short, but it was shorter,
5: yeah. Can he comb it over, or is it kind of just stick up? It was combed over. And then the beard, you said that he had his sideburns.
2: His were those long, what they call a chop a sideburn.
5: And so if it went down from it, if you imagine the hairline, like from the ears going down, the sideburn would be going down the jaw, and then does it go down from the jaw line towards his chin, or does it go towards the nose? No,
2: straight down.
5: Oh, just straight down?
2: Yep.
5: Okay, so it doesn't go inward towards the chin or inside towards the cheeks?
2: Not that I noticed, no. Just straight down. But the police kept
5: calling at the top. Okay. Okay, how tall do you think this male is?
2: Oh, he was only five eight, maybe. Yeah, because he was about the same size as my husband.
5: Let's break down a few of the details Grandma brings up. Grandma mentions the man with Brittany had chops as sideburns. She also mentions that it's law enforcement who labeled the facial hair as chops. In my opinion, What Grandma describes to me as chops doesn't really fit the bill. Let's talk about the mystery man's attire. Grandma says he was wearing a bright yellow satin jogging suit with black stripes up the arms and legs. Not the type of clothing I've seen Sheldon wearing in any of his social media pictures over the past few years. Grandma says Brittany and this man are arguing, raising their voices and moving in and out of the house. She tells me she isn't sure what they're arguing about when I ask. A couple things Grandma says stood out to me. Brittany didn't introduce this man to her. Is this because the man with Brittany had been introduced to her previously? You see, typically, when we introduce someone, it's the first meeting. We don't usually introduce someone several times to the same person. Now, on the other hand, if this man went with Brittany knowing he was going to harm her later, was he intentionally laying low? This brings me to my last point. Grandma tells us this man seemed to move comfortably through the house. If this person was planning to harm Brittany, it doesn't make sense that he would allow himself to be seen by everyone there. This is something I've wrestled with, trying to understand the mentality of the man with Brittany. If this was premeditated, why is he so visible? Why would you allow five witnesses to see you? Or... Was this a crime of opportunity? Or perhaps even an accident? You recall and remember hearing them both speak and in kind of yelling at each other, shouting at each other. And this is all taking place inside your house.
2: Yeah, they were both mad about something. They were also both high on something. I could tell that immediately.
5: What is it that you saw that was like, okay, they're high? What was it specifically?
2: their eyes weren't focused right they both had these well he didn't i guess she did dark sunglasses on she'd always try and hide if she was doing something so grandma couldn't see
5: oh so that was your first indicator she she was wearing dark sunglasses
2: yeah and she took them off once and i mean their eyes were just all dilated and funny and you could tell that they were both on something what I don't know, but they both were.
5: When she's there, you said you guys sat down and talked for a little bit, right? I, I believe because I know that I believe it was James who told me that when he came inside, he remembers walking past you and Brittany sitting down at the table talking. Do you recall having a conversation with her?
2: No, I don't. Right. She come through she come through the kitchen. I don't even remember her sitting at the table, but she come through and talked to me. And she did that a couple of times, as she was going from the laundry room to the living room.
5: Do you think that she was high before she got there, or do you think...
2: Yeah, she was definitely, they both were.
5: So you don't think they did anything while they were at your house, like maybe maybe outside or wherever?
2: Not that I know of, but they could have.
5: Okay. We hear Grandma tell me that she knew Brittany was using something as soon as she arrived. This corroborates Uncle Scott's testimony.
2: She was messed up on something that night. I don't know how to explain it. She just, she just had this look on her, upon herself, that this, this a look that I've never seen before. You know, and she was acting. There's just a sense of feeling, and then the way she looked when I looked at her, I could tell that there wasn't something right.
5: Grandma is the first person to tell me that Brittany was wearing sunglasses in the house at night to avoid her eyes being seen. What sticks out to me is Brittany arriving high. Where were Brittany and this guy coming from? Since we're having a difficult time figuring out who this man is by looking at where they were going after leaving Grandma's, maybe we can work backwards and figure out who he is by looking at where he and Brittany are coming from. Both Jessica and Ashley say that Britney was looking for dope the night she disappeared. We know that Britney had a limited number of suppliers, and we also know that her main source was Ashley. Ashley claims the last time she saw Britney was on November 27th.
4: And that's the
0: last time I saw her. Do you know what she was wearing? I was pretty oblivious to everything.
5: Do you remember the last thing you said to her?
0: Not happening tonight.
3: Okay, love you. Bye.
5: So that's the 27th? Okay. If the supplier on the 30th isn't Ashley, then who is it? Scott and the boys get there, and when they go inside, they said they don't see this guy yet. Scott's recollection was we got there, the car was there, but. The guy was standing in front of the car. James said the car was there, but we didn't see the guy. Colin said he didn't remember the car being there initially, but remember, Colin's 12. Colin's interaction with this male was much different than James's or yours.
2: I think that him and Brittany had walked out in back of the house, and they would not have seen either one of them.
5: Do you have any idea what she's doing back there? Do you think they're possibly doing something like...
2: I don't know. I know they were still arguing because you could just tell by the way her body was moving that she was mad and she was stomping and stuff.
5: Where's your husband at this time?
2: In the sunroom watching TV.
5: (laughs) So did he interact with this guy at all?
2: No. He never interacts with anybody. He just keeps his mouth shut and watches TV and who comes comes and who went went. He's real quiet.
5: Have you ever asked him if he remembers what the guy looked like?
2: Yeah, and he said he didn't even look at him. And he probably didn't. <laughs> when she come in I think he said hi to her, but he might not have even done that.
5: Somebody coming into your house who you don't know. I think naturally a lot of us would be like, Who are you?
2: That's normally what I would do. I would ask Brittany. Yeah. But I did not why I didn't I don't have a clue, but I didn't. But I mean, this guy acted like he knew who I was.
5: Do you remember hearing him speak to you or saying hi to you at all?
2: No. He just went into the other room. And Brittany went to the laundry room. That's why I think, I'm sure, I'm almost positive it was Sheldon.
5: It doesn't seem to be a secret, that this man and Brittany are raising their voices. He's not doing a very good job of being incognito if he was sent to harm Brittany. Grandma's testimony really has me thinking. What could be important enough to argue about at Grandma's? Why would this guy continue to argue with Brittany in the presence of five witnesses? I'll echo the point I made earlier. If this was premeditated, why is this man so careless? At this point in time, this is when Colin says he interacts with this male for the first time. He says that Brittany and this male walk in through the door, into the sunroom, and then Brittany goes in, but the guy stands at the sliding door. He doesn't enter into the house anymore. Other than, yes, entering into the sunroom, he doesn't enter into the kitchen. He stays at the sliding door.
2: Oh, I think that's when he was trying to get her to go. They weren't out here over, I'm gonna say not over an hour hour and a half at the very most, but I'm thinking an hour. She just put the wash through and threw it into the dryer and it hadn't been in there 10 minutes and he made her leave.
5: One of your wash cycles, how long does it normally take?
2: About a half hour.
5: She throws it in 10 minutes and let's give some room for grace. Let's say it's even 15 minutes, there's 45 minutes.
2: She wouldn't, they weren't here very
5: long. Do you remember her leaving?
2: Yeah. She went out the door, and she was mad. She didn't even say goodbye. But they got in the car, and I waited for them to go up the road, but they did not go in the direction towards town. And then to get to the road that the car was found on, no, it might take you 10 minutes at the very, very, very most.
5: Would they have turned on to Bauman Road, or, or did they turn on to the other direction?
2: No, they went the other direction. And I don't know what road they cut up, probably what road.
5: Grandma tells me she believes Brittany was there an hour to an hour and a half. She says Scott and the boys arrive 10 to 15 minutes after Brittany and the unknown male arrive. I want to take a second to break down Grandma's testimony regarding the direction Brittany goes when leaving her house. Grandma says when Brittany and the mystery guy leave... They head down Crane Road and continue on to Watt Road. This is the opposite direction of Sheldon's house where Brittany was staying. Looking at the map, it appears Brittany was heading in the direction of Burrook or Bronson. This leads me to wonder why would she be heading in that direction? Who lived in that area? Is Brittany on her way to drop off the mystery man where he resides? Or is she dropping him elsewhere? Or? Was the testimony given by Brittany's cousin, James, correct? And they went the opposite direction. I asked Grandma about this. So where James was sitting when he was inside the computer room, he said he saw them leave. And I said, okay, so which way did they go? And he was explaining how he could see this because from where the chair sits in the computer room, there's a dire- there's like a direct shot that you can actually see out the sunroom window, the front yeah. driveway.
2: Well, he wasn't in the he was in the dining room. That's where the computer was, and there's a window right there. And yeah, you can see everything. And-, and the car was right outside that window, in front of the deck that comes into the sun room.
5: From what his recollection was, is that they went left towards Bauman Road you think that they went the other way?
2: They went left, and it would have been towards Watt Road.
5: <laughs> you remember them leaving and driving away? Yeah. And you saw them go down towards Watt Road?
2: I didn't see them go that way. They just didn't go the other way, because I could have watched them get almost to the corner the other way, and they didn't go that way.
5: Oh, okay. They I, went I towards, see what you're saying.
2: They went the other direction.
5: I see what you're saying. So where you were sitting at, if they would have gone towards and you would have saw the car moving up and down the road basically yep yep even with the trees you would be able to
2: uh-huh they're still they're down
5: oh are they yeah okay and did your husband go to bed earlier this night
2: he, he always goes to bed about 8 30 but okay. they were gone before he went to bed
5: Why was it Okay, so when I talked to Colin about it, no, so where would, he would have been sitting in the sunroom watching TV, correct, your husband? Yeah. So your husband was sitting in the sunroom, but Colin never mentioned him being in there. Do you think he could have gone?
2: I do, the TV in the living room, and I think he was in there. And he went upstairs, I believe, when Brittany and them came. And then he come back down and was kind of nosing around, looking out the window. <laughs> and then he went back up again, I believe.
5: This is your husband? No. Oh, it's Colin. Oh, Colin. 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 Okay. This male definitely wasn't her previous boyfriend, whose all his name was known as Cage. Her real name's Daniel, but he goes by Cage. He has face tattoos or anything like that.
2: Yeah, it wasn't Daniel.
5: <laughs> okay from what I've read is that Brittany went to John Cassart's house, attempted to contact your guys' household. I've asked the boys, do you guys have a landline? And they've all said no. We only had cell phones.
2: Yeah, and that's what we had. Did but Brittany this guy, calling the police said that she tried calling because that was the last number called from his home. But he didn't get service most of the time. And so the call didn't come through because my phone never rang. Because it lays right here on the table where I sat. And my phone never rang. But that guy said, normally you can't get anybody on his phone over there.
5: Well, I know he has a landline. So I don't know if he tried initially trying, tried using the cell phone. He didn't have good service over there. And then they tried the landline for the 911 call because they eventually got to 911. And if his cell phone service wasn't working, I think from what I as I understand it, is he initially tried giving her the cell phone. She wasn't working when that's when she tried calling you and even tried calling 911 and it kept getting dropped. So then they used the landline.
2: And that might be. All I know is my phone never rang, but the police said the last call made from his was my number.
5: I've been told, you know, grandma and Brit talk every day. Yeah. I know sometimes we can, like, I might talk to my sister just about every day. More than likely, it's probably three to four, maybe three to four times a week versus every day. Would you say no, that it was we, actually we every talked day? talked every day. Okay, so when she doesn't call Monday, when do you start to realize, hey, wait a second, where's Britt?
2: No, about four days had went by. And I thought, my God, I haven't heard from Brittany. And that's when I got panicky and called her dad. And I told Greg, I said, somebody needs to call the police. I said, Brittany's missing. I know she is because I haven't heard from
5: her. And Greg knew that wasn't right. Grandma says confidently, no, it was not Daniel, a.k.a. Cage, in the house. She says he made himself comfortable when he was there, even eating with them and cooking food. He also has a distinctive appearance, with facial tattoos and long dreadlocks. Here I am again. I'm at my suspect board. I've removed Cage's picture from the center and slid it over to pin it on the side. Now, I'm standing here staring at an empty center, thinking about who will fill the spot next. Now, let's wrap up the interview with Grandma. I think it's fair to to ask this question. I, I imagine with as confident as you are that Sheldon was the guy that you saw that night, on the 30th and you find out she's been missing naturally i would think it would be well i saw her with sheldon they were in his car like we need to talk to sheldon that was who was with her like i would i would imagine that that statement coming from you to the patrol officer would be you know a strong statement because now you've just been no with because i had told them that i
2: had not a clue who she was with
5: because at
2: that point in time i did not know Right. And I did not think it was Sheldon.
5: What do you think was it about him or about that situation that night that at that moment when she first went missing, you didn't think of Sheldon? Like, what was it? Because if you had seen him before and he'd say at your house, I think naturally people would say, well, wouldn't you have recognized him that night?
2: No, he had lost over 60 pounds and he had his hair all bleached. Okay. No, I did not.
5: Okay, so you, so the weight loss and then the, the, the hairstyle was what? is is what threw you off in that.
2: Yep, yep. Okay. That's why I kept saying that it was not him.
5: Your relationship with Jessica is non-existent, I'm guessing? Oh,
2: I hate her guts.
5: Okay. <laughs> and your relationship with Ashley Marie, where did that, just like, how did that begin?
2: Who is it, Ashley?
5: Yeah, Ashley Marie. She's the girl that came with me out to your house when...
2: Oh. I just knew her from basically passing by and coming in and out a couple times with Brittany.
5: Oh, she had been to your house before?
2: A couple of times, yeah. You were the first that she came out with after Brittany. Yeah, I had not seen her. (laughs) And then she's been out here a couple times since. She'll get something else going where somebody else did this and and she come out a couple of times and I think Scott finally just run her off and she's wild and I don't really trust her
5: did Brittany have any real enemies like I know that there was some feuds here and there that she had but was there anybody that that she's ever told you about that she had any real problems with
2: no I know she was at different times she was afraid of Daniel
5: but you're 100% that wasn't Daniel that night oh no (laughs) had you talked to daniel before because like, i know he had stayed there before right
2: yeah he'd stayed here before
5: and had you interacted and talked to him several so, times that same type of interaction with daniel you haven't had that with sheldon when he stayed there
2: no just to say hi and ask him how he was and he'd take off in the other room and that's all there was to it but daniel would eat out here
5: He'd get up and he'd cook stuff for him and Brittany and... So Sheldon's more of a recluse. Daniel was a little bit more active and would walk around and made himself comfortable. Yeah. Now that I've wrapped up my interview with Grandma, I'm back to the suspect board. As I look over the pictures of suspects, I realize how many pictures are now removed and pinned to the side. I shuffle through pictures and stop at BJ. If you recall, Sheldon mentioned B.J. in his previous interview. I did some fact-checking. Here's what I came up with. Jasmine, B.J.'s sister, was able to put me in touch with B.J., who's currently incarcerated. B.J. says that he was incarcerated at the time Brittany disappeared. He says he was even approached by law enforcement about Brittany's case while he was doing his time. But he chose not to talk, though looking back on it now, he wishes he did. BJ and I got off the phone, but it wasn't until after we ended our call, I quickly responded to Jasmine that I needed her to get BJ back on the line. There's something wrong. BJ posted bail on November 27th, three days before Brittany went missing. Hello?
2: Hey, it's Jasmine. Hey, what's up? Can you
5: hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, this is James. Yeah, this
2: is BJ. I'm gonna mute me. I'm gonna
5: mute me so that it doesn't hang up on you guys. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. All right.
3: <laughs> okay. So yeah. No. Um. Because like, I guess it showed that I was in jail and then got out and then went right back to jail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Um. So when I I had, when they sentenced me, uh, I had trouble getting them crediting the time for that too because. When I bonded out, it was like 20 some days, I think. Maybe maybe it wasn't quite 20 days. I think it's 20 days before Michigan came and got me, and then I bonded out a week a week later after I got to Michigan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I was actually on bond in Elkhart, but was being held for Michigan, and never got out or nothing. That, but it says Michigan arrested me, but they were just holding me because I wasn't charged yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess Bell came up with the extradition papers, like when I signed extradition papers, which was like the 29th,
5: yeah. right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So that, you fact check that, right? That's legit, right?
5: On the 29th? Mm-mm. So Bell, yeah, Bell sent me that stuff. I haven't had a chance to okay, take. Okay, and on
3: the. All right, but on on the thirtieth uh, is when she uh, came up missing, right? Yeah. And then I bonded out
5: again on the tenth, right? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah.
3: Okay, so yeah, that period was just me being on bond in Elkhart, waiting for Michigan to come get me to charge me with armed robbery. And then once I got to Michigan and was charged with armed robbery, it took me like a week to bond out, and then I bonded out.
5: So you never got out? You were just being held still?
3: So so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the bond in Elkhart, right? Yeah. Yeah. I never actually got out of jail. I just got out like they put me on bond, so Michigan had to come get me that warrant. But they had like 21 days, and then after 21 days, they had like another seven or some some weird. shit. I don't know exactly how much time. But they came and got me before they ran out of time. And then the day I got booked into the jail, so uh, is when you know. So it says like, is that that's when I was arrested or whatever? but I had no new charges or nothing. But uh, when they did that or whatever, uh, yeah, I had to when they sentenced me. I had to tell the judge like, no, you're missing this time. And they went and credited me back on my
5: new PSI. You know those days, because it was like, like, so like 20 days they were trying to screw me out of. Uh, right there. Okay, right. so you never got out, even with the bond and everything, no. and then you got credited for those days while you were in there. Yeah, yeah, I got credited for
3: Michigan time, not, not
5: Indiana time. I appreciate you clearing the air on that. And then uh, if I have anything, I'll obviously reach through Jasmine if I if there's any if there's any reason for me to follow back up. After some further digging, Sarah and I confirm that when Brittany disappeared, BJ was incarcerated in Indiana, waiting for transfer back to Michigan. One more suspect picture I could pin to the side of the board. The center of the board though, it's looking pretty empty. I feel like that empty spot in the middle is staring back at me. That empty spot follows me to bed at night, that wakes up with me in the morning and it's sitting next to me while I eat lunch. I don't know whose picture will be in the center of the board next, but right now, I have a message from Sarah.
4: Hey, so the project I've been working on, I've made a lot of headway this week. We need to chat soon. I'm gonna be honest, this is going to be a very expensive venture far more than we anticipated. I just got off the phone with St. Joseph County Sheriff's Office. Brittany's case file is the biggest case file they have. It is under lock and key in the Sheriff's Office. We're getting it. We're getting the case file. There are some stipulations, but we're getting it so call me back
5: next time on hide and seek from day one anytime we talked about britney's case it's always about the white cadillac and chuck That was supposed to be Britney screaming.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories in the Hide and Seek Podcast discussion group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast discussion group on Facebook.